The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Monica Swope. I'm the host, and I would like to introduce you to Marianne Mendez. She is the Customer Support Manager at Bookshare. Marianne, it's all yours. Hi, this is Welcome to Customer Service. Um, they, <laughs> my name is Marianne Mendez. I am the Customer Support Manager at Benetech, which is Bookshare. And I want to welcome all of you and to thank all of you so much for attending and uh, for being here to learn from us. And um, I am new to the department. My one-year anniversary is coming up here in July, and I couldn't be happier about that. And really, my goal as the customer support manager is really just to ensure that my team have all the tools and strategies and all the support that I can give to help our members be successful at using Bookshare and benefiting from Bookshare in all, in all of our opportunities that we offer the education space and for our adult members, students, and everyone in between who qualifies. And Allison Hilliker is a customer support person on my team. She is an advanced support specialist. And I really thought that Allison would have so much to share. Allison has such a background of unique experience. Um, and I know, I know Allison can share, but what is such a delight is that Allison has been on my team for many years but she is also um, a user of the service uh, and, and also a parent of users of the service and works with our uh, members day in and day out to really get to the bottom of whatever is going on. And so I thought Allison would be a great person to share time with all of you here. And so I would love to turn it over to Allison Hilliker. Thanks, everybody. Hello, everyone. Thank you, Marianne, for the introduction, and thank you, Monica, for getting us started, and thank you, ACB, for inviting um, us to speak today. I love coming to um, ACB and blindness-related events. They're kind of my um, favorite groups to talk to because it's you know one that's meaningful to me because I am blind myself. I've been uh, blind all my life from congenital glaucoma, and um, so not only do I care about books and technology and disability and accessibility, but I experience, um, you know, those things personally um, myself. So that's one of the reasons I'm involved in Bookshare. So Bookshare is um, part of a um, company called Benetech, which is a, um, a Silicon Valley nonprofit that works to use technology to um, improve uh, people's lives, both socially and economically. And one of the projects that Benetech does is Bookshare. It's our biggest one, I would say, as well. And so um, that's what I'm here to talk to you about today. Um, Bookshare um, is bookshare.org. It's a website you can go to. and it's an online library of accessible books, um, ebooks and audiobooks for people with 
different print disabilities and print disabilities includes blindness and low vision and also um, some other disabilities that impact reading like um, dyslexia and learning disabilities or physical impairments that uh, prevent somebody from holding a standard hard copy book and turning a page. So that's the wide level overview of uh, who we are and what we do. Um, specifically for uh, this group, I'll be talking about Bookshare as it relates to blind and low vision folks um, since we're at ACB. So um, that's what I'm going to start with. Um, as Mary has mentioned, I am a Bookshare member myself. I joined Bookshare almost at the very beginning. Bookshare started in 2002, and I joined in early 2003. And um, fun fact, I actually... Uh, bought my first Bookshare subscription for about two-thirds of its usual price um, through a fundraiser auction at a convention. So I always joke that it was the best $33 I ever spent. So, um, and I was hooked. Once I tried it, I was in college at the time, but I was just so impressed by the wide variety of books um, that I had access to in ways I hadn't before. Um, and actually, the library has grown exponentially since that time. But that's kind of my background. After that, I um, about a year later, I started volunteering for Bookshare, doing proofreading and um, scanning of books. Um, initially, Bookshare's books came from volunteer scans. Um, any book that you had scanned and used OCR software on to make it accessible to you as an individual, you could upload to the Bookshare site and um, it would go through a proofreading and kind of validation process and then it could be on the site to be shared with others. That's traditionally how Bookshare started and what we were at the very early days. But since then, we've evolved into not just individual scans, but we have many partnerships with uh, publishers, um, both in the U.S. and all over the world, where we get the bulk of our content these days. Um, and we do work uh, with these publishers to ensure that the content we get from us is as accessible as possible, because that's still our number one goal is to get accessible books to people with print disabilities who need them. So I started working um, in collection development, which is essentially uh, adding books to the library um, almost 15 years ago. It'll be 15 years ago this fall that I've been with Benetech, and I spent about seven years in doing collection development, and then I've been in customer support doing tech support for the past eight years, give or take a little. Um, and I've enjoyed um, the move uh, between the departments, but it's given me a lot of interesting perspective because I've had the ability to try a lot of um, different aspects of Bookshare as a member, as a volunteer, working in collection development, and now working in customer support. Um, I also, as Marianne mentioned, I am, I'm a I'm a mom. I have two little girls who are four and six, and they both inherited my eye condition. So they're low vision and they're bookshare users too. So I've gotten to experience this from a parent perspective. So in any case, enough about me. I'm going to go back to the books because the books are the most interesting parts. Um, I suspect a handful of you may already be bookshare members, but I'm going to go a little bit over the specifics of what we do and how it works, just in case there's some new folks. Uh, Bookshare, as I mentioned, is bookshare.org. You can visit the website. You don't have to be a member to just browse our website and see what it's about. Um, if you want to uh, 
join, there's a sign-up link. Um, there is a requirement for proving uh, your blindness or low vision, basically proving the print disability. There's a couple ways to do that. I won't spend a ton of time here, but you can provide proof through a, a downloading form on our website, but also we have a way that if you are a member of National Library Service or Learning Ally, um, there's a little online form you can fill out and we can get proof from them just because that's how Bookshare is legal to comply with U.S. copyright law. We need to make sure it's um, someone disabled uh, accessing our site because that's how we're able to make so many books available. Um, so that's the quick version of how you join. We have... Um, we have somewhere around, I don't know, Marianne, if you have the exact number, but we have somewhere north of 500,000 books, um, close to a million, depending upon, not, depending on worldwide, we have a million, not not available to each individual, but we have um, certainly hundreds of thousands of books available in a variety of different categories. We have fiction and nonfiction. We have New York Times bestsellers we make available every month, which um, is which I try to keep our collection very current because I know historically as blind people, we've had a hard time getting access to current books in a format we can read. So I'm pretty excited about that. We have um, textbooks and educational materials, whether you're a K-12 student or a college or graduate student. We have a lot of kind of educational materials. We also have um, your standard um, categories like romance and science fiction and fantasy and biographies and humor and the kind of the, all the different categories of books you might want to read, both for fun or for learning. We really do have a wide variety of books, and it's one of the things I enjoy most about Bookshare is we have a little something for everyone to read. I think, and our books are. Um, ebooks. Traditionally, they're books um, that we have electronic versions of. And what's nice about the electronic version is that enables you to read the book in a format that works for you, whether that's um, listening, audio, uh, it's a text to speech, electronic voice in most cases. Um, you can listen to our books. Um, if you are a Braille reader, um, our books can be converted into Braille to be read on various Braille displays, note takers, or embossed into hard copy Braille. If you're a large print user, um, since our books also have text in addition to the audio, you can enlarge the font to read on a, a computer a screen or a tablet or a smartphone. And you can enlarge the font, change the contrast, change the color and the um, the style so that it's easier to read and change the background and such. So it's a very um, versatile uh, way to provide books to folks who have a variety of different needs and ways um, of accessing print. So that's one thing I like. And newly, we have human narrated audiobooks. I will go into that a little more in a minute. I'm going to pause here just so you're not listening to me. Uh, talk on but our one of our newest um, features is that we've been able to release human narrated audiobooks in addition to our already existing ebook collection we've had a lot of demand for human narrated audio as well so we've added over 5,000 human narrated titles 
uh, to our collection. And um, that's really exciting. And I'll, I'll cover that more in a bit here. But as I was mentioning, it just gives us a lot more ways for different types of readers to enjoy our books. And also our books are very compatible with a variety of devices. Uh, you can go to our website and read the book in your web browser using our web reader, which is you know, a quick, fast way to open a book in a browser. Um, but if you prefer, you can download the books too. There's various apps for smartphones and tablets. Um, you can listen to it, an MP3 audio version of our book. We have uh, different formats that'll play on some of the um, assistive tech devices like note takers or a Victor Reader Stream or the NLS Talking Book Player. There's, we have Word document versions of our books if you just want to download a book and read it on your computer in Word. So there's a lot of different ways to um, not just access our, access our material in different formats, but also to read it on different platforms so that you have some choice and portability when you are reading books on the go. Allison, you know what I was wondering if, if this might be a time where you might like to pause to see if anyone has questions about how to sign up for Bookshare or yes, if anyone has yes. questions about um, qualifying or anything in between before we get into to more of the exciting updates. Yes. Started. You read my mind. Thank you. Yes. I'm going to pause here. So I'm not talking all at once and open up for some questions. I'll, I will talk more a bit about our newer features, but yes, if somebody has questions about signing up, who qualifies using Bookshare, what it is, our formats or our reading tools, et cetera, feel free to, uh, ask those now. Um, Monica? Uh, yes. Um, I, I have two questions. Is there a way in reading the, listening to the book read aloud, that it could be slowed down to help people better learn Braille? I do the Literacy Project, and I'm including information on Bookshare in my cover letter and everything I say. What you're doing is absolutely brilliant. Well, thank so you. Thank Oh, and I have uh, another question. Sure. Um, legacy, in some states, legacy people who get the NLS system, they just don't have records as to when we signed up. Is there a way other than getting medical records that, you know, or a social worker or a nurse practitioner who knows the person is obviously blind, could write, you know, send an email or something to establish eligibility? Sure. So the first question was about uh, speed. Can we uh, slow down speed? So yes, our um, audio can be slowed down or sped up depending on your reading preferences. Um, each reading tool, if you will, does it a little bit differently, whether you're reading on the website or a smartphone app, etc. But they all have a way to raise and lower the speaking rate. So it's faster or slower, depending on what works for you. Some uh, Tools will let you change voices to which one you like best and so on. So there are some options. And yes, on some devices, if you've got the capability to have text-to-speech audio and a Braille display going, you can um, you know, use the Braille display while listening to the audio at the same time, and you can change the um, rates for that as well. If that's Is that what you were kind of asking about, really, for your first well, question? I was asking about qualifying because um, in some states – there's no record of people being in, in the NLS system. They simply get the stuff, the materials, you know. And so is there a way a social worker or a, a nurse practitioner simply pen a note and send it to you to prove? One's always getting medical records for every single thing under the sun. 
Right, right. So we try to make it as easy as possible while still following copyright law. So one of the easiest ways is um, usually um, if you've been signed up with National Library Service at all, if you talk to your local library, usually if they have record of you in their system at all, they're going to be able to... Yeah. Okay. So if they don't, then if you tried that and you're just not getting anywhere, then yes, we have a proof of disability form on our website. Um, when you, once you're signed into your Bookshare account, there's options to download it. You can then print it or email it, depending on what's easiest for you. To, um, and anybody with a medical or special education background can fill out and sign that form. So if you've got, you know, a doctor or a teacher, a teacher or a vision specialist or a disability office or a rehab counselor or somebody with that kind of disability background or medical background that can sign saying, yes, you have this uh, print disability, then um, that would work. Also, usually when it comes to blindness, like legal blindness, if you have a letter from a doctor that like a legal bl- proof of legal blindness letter, usually we can take those. We typically prefer to have our um, proof of disability form, but we are usually able to take um, legal blindness proof letters too, because those are fairly straightforward. We try not to do a lot of um, reading of diagnostic reports and such um, because we're not, um, we're not specialists in that, but usually a blindness, uh, legal blindness letter will work. You can always um, take a scan of that and email it to us. Um, the email is membership at bookshare.org. Um, but that's also on our website, but at any point, downloading, printing, or emailing that um, proof of disability form and having someone sign it is perfectly uh, acceptable. So we try. I, you can always email us at um, support at bookshare.org to ask questions about proof of disability and qualifications, et cetera. And we'll try to help you out because we, we realize it's hard to gather all the records and such. Next, we have Larray with a question. Okay. Hi. Um, I don't have Bookshare yet, but um, uh, I'd like to. When I when I do um, whatever I have to do to become a member, do I have to choose which device I want to use, or like on the application, or how does that work? Great question. So, no, when you initially sign up, you do not have to commit to a certain device the sign up when you first sign up online at bookshare.org you select sign up um there's two membership types individual or organization most and folks here yeah choice. yeah most people will be signing up for individual i just mentioned it because that's right. also an option yes yeah, so sure. it, mostly it's just an online form where we ask things like your name your birthday your email your address and then once the account is created you know you go through the proof of disability, but you don't have to pick a particular device for one reason, because you might want to use different devices depending on the day or what you're reading or what's available. So we try to give people the option to uh, not commit, not have to pick one device. There okay. is, um, there is a wizard reading tool wizard on our website that you can go through if you're having trouble choosing which method you'd like to use to read our books that is an option when but you don't you that's more of a help if you want it to help you choose you don't have to commit to anything and you can certainly change your mind it's just to give people a little guidance if they want it but no you can change your mind whatever about how you want to read and what format and what device etc so I just give you my library's uh, 
Right. So the first thing you do is sign up. Once your account's been created, um, it will, there will be a link to proof of disability. And one of the choices on that page is it'll say something like submit proof through National Library Service. If you select that link, there's a little online form you fill out that just asks there again for your, like your address and name and such. And then you submit that. And we will take it from there and you'll get an email from us once we've heard back from NLS. And that process usually takes about a week. So we'll email you when we hear back. So it's just a little, the NLS verification, just a little form on our website. Okay, next we'll go to Abby. Hi, uh, I just have a suggestion for something you might want to cover when you talk about the human narrated books. Uh, is there a quick and a- easy way to find out if a particular book is available in human narrated format, or do you just have to go into that special collection and scroll through and see if you can find it? And of course, I know I know these books are in beta, so if that's not possible right now, will that be possible later when this program is out of beta? Thank you. All right, another excellent question. So yes, going back to the human audio, there is a way to do it. Um, as you mentioned, it is in beta, so we're still kind of refining the process. But yes, there is another way to search for human narrated books specifically. When you're on our website, there's a link that says advanced search. When you use our advanced search link, you can leave all the, you can search for a specific title or author if you want, but you can also leave those search fields blank. And then on that page is a combo box or a drop down menu, if you will, that says books to search. And one of the options in that combo box is human narrated audio. So you can just select that combo box and then just do an advanced search to bring up every book we have um, that's human narrated audio. If you want to refine that a little bit, you can also leave the you know title author fields blank, select human audio from the books to search combo box, and then you can um, Make a few other adjustments like search, um, make sure you're searching books in English only, or um, you can, there's some check boxes at the bottom of the page where you can search certain categories if you want to find maybe our children's books and hear narrated, narrated audio or our mysteries or our uh, romances and such. So um, there's a couple different ways to kind of uh, to, to uh, pare down those search results. But if you really just want to look at everything we have with the hear narrated audio, just select a human audio and um, run your search and you can browse what we have. Um, That is going to give you the most options in most cases. We do, as you mentioned, have some special collections on the browse link of our website. And there's also a link to it on our homepage right now. But if you want to just kind of search the shelves, if you will, um, you can do it through advanced search. Allison, this might actually be a good time to talk more about what's new, and then we can pick up the questions. Sure. But since you brought up human narrative, this is a great segue. (laughs) Yes. So human narrative audio is uh, new to us. We've gotten a lot of asks for it. So we got it. We, um, like I said, we have over 5,000 human narrated books now. And in addition to our regular eBooks, it's exciting because we have different um, you know, different options, you know, even more options for reading. This has been out for less than two months, so it's in beta and we're still working on it, but I think that folks are liking it so far. Um, the um, audio is usually in um, an MP3 format or um, you can you get a DAISY audio as well, which is a version of human-aided audio that can be played on a DAISY player like uh, NLS player or or Victor Stream or other types of daily players. So 
there's MP3, there's DAISY Audio. We also have a format called DAISY 2 Audio, which is just another way um, – it's just another daisy type of format to get the human ear audio out of books. Most of the time you don't have to worry about it. It only becomes important depending on if there's a certain player you want to play on. But the exciting part is we have um, a lot of different ways to kind of access those books. You could just download them to a computer like a PC or a Mac and listen um, that way if you want to. Um, some of the apps like the app voice dream reader on iOS, which is your iPhones, iPads, etc. Uh, Voice Dream Reader will play our human narrated audiobooks. Um, that's uh, Voice Dream, like dreaming at night, D R E A M, Reader. I always say that because it comes out like Scream sometimes, <laughs> and I don't <laughs> want to confuse anyone. So that app will play the human narrated books on iOS. Um, if you don't have that app, you can still download the human narrated audio in Safari on an iPad or um, iPhone, and then um, the books will download to the downloads folder and files, which, to make a long story short, basically you can just play them from there if they're on the MP3 version. Um, iPhones and such typically know how to play MP3s, so you can um, listen to them if you don't have um, an app that's compatible for whatever reason. I just saw a note today that came in from Voice Dream. Voice Dream. Yes. Uh, I'm going to be very conscientious. Thank yes. you, Allison, about that. And it looks like in the next couple of weeks, there will be an update that will allow Abby to search for her bookshare books, or her human narrated audio books in Voice Dream. Uh, nice. Yes. yes, yes. Right. Because now it's a little hit or miss when you're in the Voice Dream app mm-hmm. to know when you're downloading a book, whether you're getting... Um, the, the advanced search I talked about earlier is only on our website. The voice stream app didn't have, that's a good point, Mary. They didn't have a good way to search for just the human ear audio. So they're working mm-hmm. on, yeah, they're working on updating that. So it's exciting. And um, you can also get the human ear audio on Android and um, usually the MP3 works best there. There's a couple different ways to listen to it there, but it can be done. You also um, can download the, the human narrated audio to put on a device like a Victor reader stream or an NLS player. The Victor stream does not right now download our human narrated audio through Wi-Fi. It's just not been updated to have that capability because the uh, human narrated books are so new to us. So right now, if you want to read it on those devices, you would download the books using a computer and then transfer them to the stream, um, which is a few extra steps, but also still will get you the books. So I've done it a few times myself, and it's it's definitely um, doable to listen to the human narrated books that way. Um, so uh, that's the overview of the human narrated books i'll circle back to questions in a minute but along similar lines one of our newer features is um you can listen to our books on smart speakers so if anybody uses an alexa um which i have to say i are we are big alexa family over here we have more of them in our house than i care to admit not quite one in every room, but almost. So we're big Alexa fans. So if you use Alexa smart speaker, then there is a bookshare skill that you can enable. It's if you search in the Alexa app for bookshare reader, you'll install that skill in the Alexa app. And then it asks you to log into your bookshare account 
um, with your book, share username and password. And then once you have it set up um, in the app, you can use uh, listen to Bookshare books um, on your Alexa smart speaker, which is exciting. Um, our eBooks will play in kind of another electronic um, text-to-speech voice, but our human narrated audiobooks will pay, play in the human narration on your Alexa, which is uh, another fun way to listen to books, I think. Um, there are a couple of extra steps um, to get our ebooks to play on um, the smart speaker. Um, you can add them on their website. You can add them to your Alexa reading list so that the um, Alexa knows to find them. Or you can have the ask the um, Alexa to search your history for past books. So, um, and then you can listen to them on your smart speaker, and that um, you can also there again ask Alexa to speak slower or speak faster for both the human narrator narrated or the um, text to speech audiobooks. Um, so there's some options, and it also lets you um, go to navigate forward or backwards to a specific chapter, etc. So it's um, it's beta also, but it's pretty exciting. We've been using, we've had that available for um, a few more months than the human narrated books, and um, people have been pretty uh, positive about it. So that's our other recent news. I will say just another New development is if anyone knows um, an older person uh, in California who might be interested in joining Bookshare, there's a promo right now for um, people 55 and over uh, in California to join Bookshare for free. And while I'm talking about free, I'll talk a little bit about Bookshare's costs. Um, Bookshare is completely free to U.S. students. And um, that's whether you're K-12 or college or graduate student, if you're a Hadley student or if you're a student at like a blindness training center, um, any kind of flavor, if you will, of student would qualify in the U.S. would qualify for the free subscription. If you are not a student, uh, the memberships cost $50 a year. And um, what's nice about that is that gives you there's no pay per book. You just pay the $50 year rate for full access to all our books in our collection. Um, and um, if you are in a state with a NLS uh, talking book library that partners with Bookshare, then there are uh, some of those states will give their patrons free Bookshare memberships as well. Um, you don't have to be a student for that. You just have to be connected with your local NLS library. I don't know every state off the top of my head that does that, but I do know California, New York, Washington State, Georgia, Alabama are just a few of the um, states that have partnerships with Bookshare for free subscriptions. So if you're wondering about that and you're an NLS member, feel free to talk to your local library and ask them if they have um, free subscriptions. They'll give you a promo code to sign up with um, when you join to get the free subscription. So that's just um, some basic information about membership. And then this new promo right now for um, Californians 55 and over, um, that is regardless of whether or not you're an NLS member, um, uh, if you fit that category you can sign up for bookshare with the promo code 
uh, read for life uh, ca so r-e-a-d the number four life l-i-f-e c-a like for california um and that's on our website as well if you missed it so that's just a little um bit of info for something new trying to get more people um access to Bookshare as possible. So those are our newest updates. Marianne, did I miss one of something new that folks might want to know about course, before I take questions? Know about WebReader, but let's Web take some questions. Yes, sounds good. All right. Okay, Janine, feel free to ask your question. Thanks, Monica. Hey, um, so you answered part of my question, but my I have a kind of two-part question now that you said stuff. Um, so I wanted to know, uh, Bookshare, how does it compare to Bard? Because I found Bard to be tricky and I keep getting inactive status because I don't use it. And then second, um, if I wanted to use my friendship device, um, which is a smart, that's what I call my smart speaker. Um, is there a captive portal involved to get that to enable? Because, yeah, I don't see how that would work with a, if it's not connected to a computer and just connecting it with your voice saying your user ID. So, yeah, my two questions, how do you compare to BARD? And then is a captive portal important when enabling your smart speaker? Okay, sure. So I'm going to ask, actually answer those in reverse. Um, so for the smart speaker, um, you actually enable your app. Sorry, you enable the Bookshare skill in the Alexa app on your smartphone. Um, the Alexa app is uh, what kind of go- comes with most of the Alexa smart speaker devices. It's a app for your iPhone or your Android where you kind of, that's where you search for the skill, act, um, enable it, and then log into your Bookshare account with your username and password. So you do have to spend some time in the app to get initially set up. And then once you're logged in, you can um, access Bookshare through the speaker with their voice commands um, with Alexa. So does that answer that part of your question? It does. It does. Okay. Okay. Good, good. And then the other one about how we compare to Bard, that's a big question. So I will say from my own experience, um, as a blind bookworm, <laughs> I like to say, I use... I use all the book sources because no one library has, there's so many books in the world. No one place has all the books I might want to read. So I am a Bard user and a Bookshare member, and I occasionally get things from Audible and elsewhere. I've used Learning Ally in the past. I've I've tried a lot of different, different ways to get all the books I want to read. I've even gotten some things from my, you know, audio books from my local library and such. So I, you know, if you're wanting to get books, I encourage you to sign up for as many <laughs> different um, accessible book providers as possible because uh, you got to get all those books <laughs> however you can. Um, now, how we're similar and how we're different, book, sorry, book, um, Bard is um, a human narrated audio or Braille. That's pretty much the formats they offer from their download. And we have a few more different formats. We have the human narrated audio. We have the electronic text-to-speech audio. We have um, some Braille, some large print, ebook type. We have a lot of different um, options um, for how to read our books. We also have more books. Um, because not all our books are human narrated, we can make them available faster. So we have hundreds of thousands of books where Bard has, I don't know how many, but not that many. So we have sometimes more current books than Bard and just more books in general. 
Um, but both are quite good, and I, I use both. Um, in terms of usability, what's easier if you're finding BARD difficult? I would say it depends on how you're accessing your books, how you're wanting to read. In We're actually fairly similar if you're wanting to download a book and um, on your computer, download it and transfer it to a different device. It's, it's a pretty similar process. Um, our books download a little faster than theirs because they're usually smaller, but it's pretty similar. Um, but it can be made a little quicker by, by using some of the apps like on your smartphone. Um, it can be done a little quicker. We also have a web reader option that allows you to read some of our books in your web browser, which is a little easier. You don't have to download anything. You just select a link that says read now and it opens the book. So there are some ways to read a book that are easier depending on how you want to read and what device you're using. So but, uh, we'll go to Jeanette next. Hello. Um, I recently, thanks to National Public Radio, learned about a new author, Kirsten Chen. And when I looked on your website, I noticed she has three books out, but you only have the latest one. Um, I guess my question is, how do we get previous ones? And believe me, I looked. They're nowhere that I can find yet. Um, And how does it happen that, you know, just one becomes available in a situation like that? Okay, yes, another very good question. So how how do we decide what books we're putting on our website? A lot of it has to do with what um, pu- our publisher partners have given to us. So if we don't have a certain book, it probably means it just didn't get to us, not that we were trying not to make it available. Um, so what you can do if you want a book is um, – there's good news and bad news. So the good news is you can request it on our website um, if you go to bookshare.org and you're logged into your account. Um, there is uh, you use our help center link, and in the help center is a link that says request a book, and then from there there's a link that says book request form. So I'll say you go to help center, request a book, book request form, and that's where you can put in a request for any book you might want to read. The downside is right now we can only um, we can only ourselves uh, scan and make available um, school books, like the books that students need for school, uh, because we get so many requests. We get um, hundreds of book requests, and right now we. So if you need a book for a class, whether it's a textbook or just something you might need to read for your class, um, you can request that. That book request form has a little um, button on it that says this is required for school. And then we will either get the book from a publisher or we will buy the book, scan it, and proofread it ourselves and make it available on our website. Um, Our turnaround time for school books right now is about three to four months. So request early, request often. Um, We try to do it faster, but there's just a lot of requests. Um, for non-school books, we you can still request the book. Um, for there, it goes to our wish list. We can't guarantee that we'll be able to do it right away, but it goes to our wish list um, where our volunteers then, um, they check the wish list frequently and decide whether or not um, they want to scan the books. But a lot of our volunteers are, you know, eager to find, you know, new books to scan for people. So they check the wish list often and they'll, take books from there and make them available that way. Either way, if you're on the wish list and the book becomes available, we'll send you an email. Um, you'll get a 
like a case number or a request number to track your wish list requests from within your account. So you can kind of keep tabs on what's going on. We try to get wish list books. We can't always do it because unfortunately we just get so many requests, but still it's worth requesting because sometimes, um, sometimes we have, you know, if we are working with a certain publisher and they're asking us if any members have asked for certain authors or books, you know, we put, look at our wish list there too. So we do what we can to get those books, but I wish and, I could say, yes, we'll do it. <laughs> and my follow-up question to that is mm-hmm. um, uh, recently I checked and you're not accepting more volunteers. We are not at the moment. Yes, that is and true. I, that's been true for months and it does seem to be a conundrum that, you know, you have thousands of requests and people who are willing to volunteer, but you're not accepting new ones. Yes. Marianne, would you like to speak to the volunteer question a little, where we're at with that? So because right now, I think really after the pandemic is when we decided that in order to sort of maintain current workflow, um, we are not accepting volunteers, but I, I am certain that may be changing. I will be happy to check with our volunteer coordinator and ask about that. And then I'm happy to get back with you. Tell me your name again. It was Jeanette. Okay, Jeanette. Great. And so I am happy to find out and then I can reach out to Monica and give a reference to Jeanette and then help you get that answer. Um, it is my understanding, though, that really it was to help us support our needs to serve our members and prioritize that during the pandemic when so much was changing. That that was how we prioritized was our members' uh, needs first and foremost at the forefront during the pandemic. Yes, and I hear you. I definitely, I definitely hear what you're saying about how it's hard to have so many requests and not and not signing up new volunteers. The good news is our current volunteers are still working on books. We're just not signing up new ones right now because we just don't have the bandwidth to kind of get people started. But we definitely have our current group of volunteers still um, working on things, and I'm hoping that we can get some more signed up once our um, once we kind of reorganize that. Uh, sign up process a little bit and also you know the pandemics we, we benetech as a company has moved from being a mostly in-person company i work remotely from the phoenix area and always have but for many years benetech was mostly in person in the office in palo alto california with a handful of us working remotely now we are something like 95 percent remote workers with just a small couple of handful of people in the main office. So that transition is also kind of um, taking some time to decide what our programs look like going forward as a more remote uh, organization. So, all right. We'll go to Jewel next. Hi, I'm Jewel. Um, I had two questions. The first one was just to ask you to repeat about the wish list, um, requesting a book that's not for school. And then the other one was an inquiry as to how it would work if it works to do foreign language in Braille. Um, so if somebody wanted a BRF of a foreign language book, would it be able to be in the Braille code of that language? So like Spanish Braille or Arabic Braille, for example. 
Okay. So about the wish list, first of all, um, the request for process is the same for school books or non school books. Um, oh, okay. you go to, yeah, you go to the help center, select request a book and book request form. That form you fill out, it asks you several questions, title, author, and so on. And one of the questions just says, is this book for school? So you just mark yes or no. It's the same form, okay. just yes or no. Yep. So it should be pretty, pretty straightforward. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. Braille and foreign language is a great question. The answer is not usually. Our BRF files, uh, which are Braille ready format, only reliably support English. They're, our, our, our Braille files are they're converted by an automated tool. They're not transcribed by humans. So mm. it's not going to be as good a quality as if a human transcriber had done it. The upside is that we have, because not everything has to be human transcribed, we can get a lot more books converted quickly. The downside, we, there again, is the foreign language Braille is not always good quality, but de- your mileage will vary with, depending upon the book. The hardest books are the ones that have mixed um, languages, like a uh, Spanish textbook, for example, where there's both English and Spanish. That really confuses our BRF conversion tool. It does not know. It is not smart enough to know when to translate English and when to translate Spanish. But if there is a fully Spanish book, for example, um, it our, our conversion, our BRF converter does try to give you Spanish Braille. How oh, I'm not a Spanish, I do, I am a Braille reader, but I'm not, I don't know Spanish to read Spanish Braille, so I can't speak to its quality, mm-hmm. but it does give you, it does try to do um, okay. the I'll Spanish have to take Braille. I'll some of them yes. with my Braille display then. Yeah, and see, um, I will also say that another way to read foreign language is if you have a Braille display or a Braille note taker that uh, translates foreign language Braille, you could um, download the Word doc version of our books, or you could use an app um, like VoiceStream or something, and then use your uh, note taker or Braille displays uh, kind of on board Braille conversion to access the text. I am not sure if the, I have the NLS Humanware e-reader. I don't think it does that. Yeah, probably. Probably yeah. not, but that's just another yeah. option if yeah. for some reason, um, because BRF is, um, it's kind of pre-converted to Braille, but BRF is mm. not the only way to get Braille books from us. Um, right. Um, so that's just, it gives you something to, you know, a couple things to try out if one thing doesn't okay. work. Um, for folks, sometimes our, you know, if our, if our BRF file, even in English, if it's, if there's something about the format that's not working for you where you don't have a BRF device, there, you know, there's other ways to access Braille via the apps or via the Word documents or uh, Daisy files and Daisy readers, etc. So there's a couple different ways to uh, get Braille. Um, so um, hopefully that's helpful. Okay, next we'll go to area code six one four, ending in six eight nine. Okay, um, my name is Shirley. I had a couple of things. Um, number one. I've used Bookshare for years. I'm, I'm probably one of the beginning members. And I've always had very good success with downloading BRF books until this year. It seems like the past few months, I've gotten a number of books that I've tried to download and it says download failed. And then I have to go to another format. And I've never... Um, seen this happen 
like I said, you know, before the last few months, and I've had it happen numerous times in the past few months. So I'm wondering if you could speak to that at all. And I guess the other thing, and I know some of us have commented on this before, I guess these books that you're getting scanned from the publishers and things like that, a lot of them don't have page numbers. And that's a that's a real hassle, especially if you're, you know, trying to read a book with a with a group. You're in a book club, or you're doing anything like that, and um, it's it's very difficult um, to know where you are or where you've left off, or even to compare notes, um, you know, with people, you know, when you're reading something without having page numbers. Uh, and I know this has come up in other book share meetings. So I don't know if there's anything you guys can do about this or not, but it's extremely helpful to have that information. So those are my two areas. Hey, Shirley, this is Marianne Mendez. So nice to talk with you. Um, oh, wanted, thank you. I wanted to share with you real quick. Um, thank you for bringing this to our, our attention and we'll definitely look into the download error. Can you tell me if it's a particular file format? Is it BRF specifically that's giving you the download error? Yes. Okay. Sorry. Yes, ma'am. Okay. And and I, I will tell you that when it happens, I usually try. I've got, you know, like three or, you know, different devices or whatever that I can um, download things on and it, it will happen with multiple uh, devices. So, you know, it's, it's something that's corrupt or whatever in those mm -hmm. files. Um, so I, you know, I don't feel it's a particular device that I'm using. That is interesting and good to know. Um, and I appreciate that you shared this. I'm taking notes as we're all sitting here. So for feedback, just like this. So, um, I am going to add this to the notes that I bring to our engineering team as well. And, um, this ironically enough showed up on my desk earlier today as well. So yeah, and when I asked a couple times, like, well, you know, when there's a book like that, can you guys um, either fix it or remove that version so people don't keep trying to download it? And the answer I basically get is, gee, we can't do anything about it. <laughs> you know, and that's that's kind of sad. Um, you know, well, to done, have people what, keep trying to download it. And I think what you've done by bringing it, bringing it here really helps us investigate that this is, if it's becoming a, a trend. So I really appreciate that you shared this to me. And so when when my team are, are talking with you, what we're hoping, our goal is to get you reading. So if in fact there is some issue with that current download, my team are always going to find another solution if we can to help you get reading in some other format. And so when these kind of issues come up and it seems like, gosh, what can we do about this? Well, what we can do about it is take steps to correct the error. But in the meantime, um, what we really want to do is find a solution that will work for you now. So that's what you sure. probably experience. Yep. Allison, what right. can you add? Okay. I think yes, I agree with that. Um, I'm yeah, the BRF books do tend to fail sometimes. There's not a quick way to fix them usually, but one of my best suggestions if it's happening um, with the BRF book is to file a book quality report that is um, on our website when you um, when you select a title of any book. Um, 
with enter or what have you, um, there's a page with things like synopsis and the title and the copyright and all that, that information page there on that page is a link that says report book quality issue. I would fill out that form because that sends it to our collection development team and they will take a look at the book and see if it is fixable. And sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. And sometimes the answer is it's fixable, but it's going to take a while. So, um, but one of the best ways to track this issue is to make sure folks are reporting the book quality issues if, in fact, you're getting a book that just consistently fails in a BRF or any format. So how does that sound to you, Marianne? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Monica, anybody else? Um, area code 314, ending in 310. Feel free to ask your question. Okay. Hi, this is Donna. And I looked at the request form because I had books that I wanted to submit that that are not available yet. And it asks for an ISBN number and publisher. And what happens when you don't have that information is most of us probably wouldn't. Okay, that's a great question. So ISBN stands for uh, International... Serial book number? Does that sound right, Marianne? International something book number? It's a... Yeah, I, I know it's a record that the publishers are using as yeah. part of the cataloging process, but the, the acronym escapes me. Yes, I think it's international something book number. All right, apologies for that. My, my, uh, it's been a few yeah. years since I've been in collection <laughs> development. But so what that is, is that's a very specific number that is related to a book. Um, I will say for most non Student requests, it's not super important. I would go ahead and leave that field blank. I believe the form lets you leave it blank. Um, And it should be fine. One of the reasons we include that is because it's the best way to make sure that we're getting the exact correct edition or version um, of the book you're requesting, which may not matter so much for a mystery novel or a biography, but it could make a lot of difference if you're requesting a textbook for a college biology class, for example. So that's why it's on there to make sure that um, we're getting the exact right version of well, a What book about because- the publisher? Because there again, you know, that's not going to be information we a lot of times are going to have, just the title and the author and maybe right. where it fits in a series if it's part of a series. Right. Publisher is a little more important only because um, we check sometimes if the book is from a publisher we have a partnership with, sometimes they will give us books on request. Most often they give us whatever books they give us, but some of our books, our, our publisher partners will, uh, we can contact them if we get a request and say, hey, can we get this book? We got a request for it. So that's why we asked for publisher. There again, feel free to leave fields blank if you just don't know if our collection development team They're the ones who handle the book requests. If they have further questions, they'll drop you an email. But usually just give us the information you can. Um, It doesn't have to have every detail if you just don't have it. Personally, when I'm requesting books, um, I request them for my my kids a lot. And um, if you are comfortable with navigating the web and doing web searches, I tend to look on Amazon website. Um, I'll look up on a book and at the top of every page with the title and author, they list the ISBN. And then mm. usually on the page, if you do a, like a find, like with your screen reader, we do a find for like publisher. Um, they also list the publisher on that page. And so 
most of the time, that's how I find that information when I'm filling out book request forms, um, because Amazon tends to have a lot of info about everything. But if you're not able to do that for any reason, feel free to just give us what info you can, and we'll do our best to um, find the book you're looking for. Okay, next we'll go to Jamaica Miller. Yes, um, I have a question about the um, the um, the um, Alexa books um, because I'm having some difficulty with the um, Alexa books for some reason. It's coming up with with Audible books and um, and the and, and the excess and the and the other books and i'm wondering how to how how to get that how to get that better under better under control um so i can listen to the books that i really want to that i really want to hear yes i know what you mean thank you for bringing that up because i've had that issue happen myself so yes alexa tries to um suggest its own books first, which are Amazon, Kindle, or Audible books. So um, usually the best way to make sure you're accessing the Bookshare reader skill rather than some other books available um, is to ask with how you phrase your questions. Um, I'll say something like, Alexa, ask Bookshare reader to open Tom Sawyer, for example. Or I'll say, you know, Alexa... um, launch Bookshare Reader, and then I'll say, you know, open such and such, or I'll say, um, Alexa, ask Bookshare Reader to open my reading list, like that. So if you put the words Bookshare Reader in there, it helps. And also if you say, ask Bookshare Reader or launch Bookshare Reader, so the phrasing can help a lot when it comes to Alexa. And even then, because it's, a you know, with smart speakers and AI being what it is, it doesn't always work. I mean, honestly, Alexa misunderstands my song requests half the time too. And I kept asking for the weather in Fort Wayne this afternoon and it kept giving me the weather in Norway. So the truth is, um, Alexa's hit or miss in general, (laughs) but I tend to find if I'm using the term bookshare reader or ask bookshare reader, I get better results than if I'm just asking for books. Um, but yeah, it could be a bit of trial and error. I think, um, on our website too, if you go to our help center um, and search for smart speaker, it gives you some suggestions there about um, kind of the wording to use. But as I remember it, books your reader uh, tends to help. Okay, I have a repeat question here. Um, I've talked to about six people at Bookshare and has been given different instructions. So I'd like this clarified because I think what you're doing is absolutely brilliant. And I'm putting your literature and all the information for the literacy project. So I really want to do it correctly. How does a parent sign up? How does a teacher sign up a student? Also, is there a donation link? And do you have hard copy gift certificates? Because I'm uh, on an auction team and would like to donate some. Okay. There was a lot of questions at once. I'm hoping I will remember all of them. Um, So hard copy gift certificates we can make available. We don't have them usually. Um, but we have done it in the past um, with everybody being remote right now. I'm not sure off the top of my head the quickest way to get that done. But, yes, we should be able to do it. Um, I have an idea. That might yeah. Um, what we have done in the past when folks want to auction or donate off uh, is if you just email us um, 
So you can call in and purchase those, I guess, for lack of a better term, digital gift cards. I believe you can do this uh, from what I, I'm learning from my team. So if you call in, you can pay for a specific Bookshare members membership. So what you would do then is you would just maybe have a drawing or you would just use pieces of paper, right? To keep track of who won. And then you would call us and pay for that member subscription. Allison, please feel free to step in if I have any of that inaccurate, but that will work. That's, yes, that's one way to do it. If you know, like if somebody wins something and you want to, you, you can also email us. You can always email uh, support at bookshare.org or membership at bookshare.org. Both will get to my team and um, we can, you we can say so-and-so won this raffle or won this auction. Can you um, uh, kind of, can I purchase for them? Um, if you want to work ahead and um, just purchase something general, we can usually provide something electronic. Um, if that's really something you need and then, that person usually we generate a promo code that we give to the person who wins the subscription. They'd put that in during sign up. So there's a couple different ways to do it. I mostly just would contact us and we'll help you make that happen because we don't, we tried a lot of different things and ultimately, yes, we can get it done, but sometimes how we do it will vary depending on um, your needs. The other questions were about, I might need you to refresh. You might have missed your name. Would you be willing to ask your other questions? So um, at the end at the end of this call, um, feel free to stay on and we can see if we can help clarify the gift certificate question. It sounds like you've called in and we want to help you get clarification. So at the end, if you want to stay with us, we'll help you answer that question. But could you fill us in, repeat the previous questions that you were asking along with the gift certificate question? And we'll be happy to answer those for you as well. I remember she asked about how a uh, teacher signs someone up and how a parent signs oh, a parent someone, up. Signs someone up. Yes, no, I'm not right. clear if she meant a parent of a child who qualifies for Bookshare or just a, a disabled parent who's signing up themselves. I'm not quite sure I understood the question, but I'll try to answer it as best I can. So um, if you are a parent of a blind or low vision child or, or someone who has another type of print disability, um, you can go to our website and sign up um, as an individual the way we talked about earlier. Um, but instead, you'd sign up with your child's name and birth date. You can use your email address if your kiddo is too young to have their own email. Um, or you can use theirs depending on what works. Um, you just kind of sign up your child the way you would sign up yourself for an account. Um, if you need help with a proof of disability, um, you can download our form and email it or print it out for someone at the school to sign or a doctor or anybody with a medical or special education background. So it's pretty much the same. Uh, for parents signing up their kiddos. Certainly, if you're a parent yourself, a blind parent who qualifies, you just sign up the way other individuals would by going to our website. Um, you do not have to, if you're a parent, you do not have to sign up your child through your school. You can, and sometimes that's easier, but it's not required. Um, I know my girls, for example, I signed them up um, outside of their school because um, their schools didn't, um, use Bookshare a lot and I could get them set up faster by just doing it myself. And sometimes that's the case. So you don't have to go through a school, but you can. So if you're a teacher who works with students with print disabilities, you can, um, you can help your students set up for individual memberships 
or you can sign your school or your district um, up for an organizational membership. That's our other membership option um, that allows um, that's and that's also free for U.S. Uh, schools. And that allows you to create an account for the school where you can add various staff members, um, teachers and educators and such um, to the account as what we call sponsors, which is essentially just people who have their Bookshare accounts where they can download books for students. Um, so you add students and members. So you can download books through that for them through the organization. And then also you can create individual memberships from inside the organization. Um, I won't go into a lot more about it. Um, in detail here, but that is certainly an option if you work for a school or a district or another type of learning organization. Um, the organizational membership is an option. It's a different way to sign up, especially if you're working with a lot of students where individual memberships aren't as practical. So um, that hopefully um, answers the question there. And there again, the student memberships of any age are free, which is nice. Okay, next we'll go to Mary Beth. Hi, um, I have two quick comments and a question. Um, is international standard book number is the ISBN? Thank you. According, Thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> according, according to the A lady, I didn't, I didn't know either. Um, in the interest of thoroughness. Also, to um, speaking back to Janine's thing, one very Janine's question. One very handy thing that Bookshare does sometimes is um, if if um, a person is requesting a, a series of books or wants to know about a series of books, often Bookshare, unlike Bard, will have like um, a title such and such and then put in parenthesis number one of such and such series, title number whatever is number four. You know, and it, it's a lot easier than trying to compare the dates on Bard if you're, if you're a series reader. And my question is about competing uh, membership criteria. For instance, I live in New York State, which um, provides free memberships, as you know. Um, and I'm also over 55, and we qualify for the Read for Life CA thing, um, which you don't know until now. Um, so I guess I'm, you know, is there a, you know, which way is better? Is there, a, how do you guys treat that stuff? What's the better way to apply? Okay, uh, good questions. Thank you. Um, so first to your first point, yes, we do try to include serious information on our website whenever possible. I will say um, a lot of it's, um, we initially did it all by hand, adding in the serious information. Now it's all done um, automatically. So we, but we have it as much as possible. We really try to get that in there because I agree it's, it's, it's hard sometimes to know what book is next in the series without that. So we try to put it on our website. So I'm glad that's helpful. Um, so for, um, the question about, um, it was the question membership about the criteria. Thank you. Oh my goodness. It's <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, for, <laughs> it's been a long day, I'm sure for you. Oh my goodness. So membership criteria, if you belong to a couple different categories, so that, um, 55 and over promo is only for folks in California. I think you said you were in New York. Um, oh, okay. So it's only yeah. for people in California. Right, gotcha. right. So yeah, so it's oh, only for California. That's, yes. So you would use the New York Library one. If for some reason, though, you are in California and you're over 55 and you're a library member, I would typically go with the um, library membership because it's likely to last longer. I don't know. Um, that promo is going on right now for 55 and older, but I don't know if it will 
be going on past this you know, current year where the libraries, the library partnerships um, so far are, are lasting several years. They've, they're mostly most, I mean, it's up to individual library, but usually they keep them going for several years. And if for some reason you're a student and qualify for a library subscription, I would tend to go with the student subscription first. Um, there again, when you sign up, um, if you're a student or if you've recently become a student, there's a spot on your my account page of our website where you can add your school info to get the free subscription. Um, so if you're a student, sign up for the free student subscription that way, just because um, the U.S. Department of Ed Office of Special Education Programs, um, they've already given us funding for the student subscriptions. That's how we're able to make those free. Whereas the library subscriptions, they kind of pay per patron. Um, so if you're a student, you know, the library doesn't have to then pay for your subscription. But certainly if you're not, and that's the way you can get free subscription, definitely feel free to use the library subscriptions um, if your state is doing that. Uh, I'm Peter. If that's there you go, Peter. Yes. Hi. I... Thank you. So um, first of all, I'm a huge Bookshare fan. I'm, I'm thrilled both as a reader and as an author. You published three of my books, and I'm grateful for all of that. Um, I, I, there's a mystery book called How Change Happens by Cass Sunstein that I have never been able to download. It's on your site, and I, I, I get messages saying I get two conflicting messages. One is book not available. One is not available. And the other one is copyright issue. Can you explain to me what that's, you know, it's, it's actually a fairly important book in the change management uh, industry, and I can't download the book. Yikes. So the short answer is I would try to write to us at supportedbookshare.org because I can okay. do a lot more troubleshooting. But right. my best guess off the top of my head is sometimes there are region restrictions because uh, we do, when we work with publishers, sometimes they give us copies of books that we're only allowed to distribute in certain countries. So usually forgetting that error, it means that book is doesn't have U.S. availability. It might be available somewhere else. Typically, our website filters out books that you don't have access to regionally but every once in a while that doesn't work as planned and you can see a book that you can't access and that's what that's about if it's not that and it's just saying unavailable or it's failing for whatever reason then that's usually a problem with the file itself and we have different ways to troubleshoot and fix that um best way is to contact us through um our support email um but you can also file a book quality report as i mentioned earlier on our website um, okay. you select the book, there's a link that says report book quality issues. So we're happy to help you troubleshoot more. Um, since we're wrapping up soon, I'll mention again. No, I, 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 I understand. Uh, so thank you for that. Yeah. Um, and, um, I, I, when I, when I contribute support at bookshare.org, I'm having a whole lot of trouble changing information on my account, like my address and my phone number and my email address. I, I, it, it's, it, it seems counterintuitive to me and your videos that are on there. Are, I found completely unhelpful. So I'm, it's clearly me, or maybe it's not, um, but I, uh, I need to help get some assistance to make that happen. It sounds like maybe calling us might be a good approach. Yes, that's what I was just going to suggest next. It, is, our is, website, is, your, is your number, is there a phone number on your website somewhere? Yes, I will share it here and it's on our website. It's a little tricky to find. Um, if you go to our help center, it's at the very bottom. It's uh, 650 352 zero one nine eight again that's six five zero three five two zero one nine eight 
We're available between 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. Pacific time on weekdays. So feel free to call us. I, um, you know, my colleagues and I were answering calls all day, taking member questions and replying to emails. So yeah, you're welcome. Thank Thank you you so much. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. Publishing your books with us, Peter. Yes, thank you. So much. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I, I, you know, I'm happy to do it. You, you guys make it fairly easy to do, and uh, it increases my readership a little bit. So, so thank Excellent. you. Good, wonderful, everyone. Just so you know, our support hours are um, they are in Pacific time, five a.m. to five p.m. Pacific time, weekdays. Yes, and feel free. And if we didn't get to you today, I apologize. I tried to get through as many questions as I can, but there's a lot of info here, and I've got some great questions. Thank you so much. I appreciate. Um, folks for mm-hmm. joining us today and ACB um, for inviting us to to speak and mm-hmm. I have really enjoyed this and thank you I don't know Mary if we want to take one more question or if we want to one down. more one more little little snippet just to tease everybody so we mentioned the bookshare reader still um, but stay tuned for some more information about the new bookshare reader app that will be coming out um, I want to say in early fall. Um, so you may be seeing some messages about our Bookshare Reader mobile app, our Bookshare Reader. Uh, you've heard about the smart speaker skill and then also um, the Bookshare Reader for web. So stay tuned for more information. Those are soon to be coming. Keep, keep, your, keep your email open to our announcements if you're not on our mailing list. Um, Allison, do you know how folks can get on those lists if they're not? Um, one option is to f- um, follow the Bookshare blog. Um, I think it's bookshareblog.org, or you can go to the blog link on our bookshare.org website. Um, there's a sign-up link, and that's a good way to get our updates. Um, so um, that way you can kind of see mm-hmm. what's – and um, so, yeah, the Bookshare – the new bookshare we were launching is going to be an update to our web reader for reading in your browser on a PC or Chromebook, but then it will also have a new um, app for reading on iOS or Android. There's some other apps available right now, but we're kind of making our own that will hopefully um, be something that everyone's um, enjoying. So stay tuned for that. And, and definitely that- feel free to contact us. Email again is support at bookshare.org phone 650-352-0198. I'd love to talk to you and answer your questions and help you um, get going with reading our books. So thank you. I Real quick, I want to share with all of you, um, again, we are so delighted to be here and uh, we just really appreciate that you spent your part of your afternoon with us so that we could help answer questions and help you learn about Bookshare. I have also been a Bookshare member uh, since 2003. So I am the manager of our customer support department, but I also love Bookshare and I've been a user myself for much of my life. So um, it's we, we have such a diverse team of folks who really just want to support all of you and help everyone get reading. So happy to, happy to be here and look forward to your questions. Look forward to you reaching out to our support team and any way that we can help, we're here for you. Yes, we're also on all the socials. If you're um, someone who prefers to get your news that way, you can follow us on Twitter and um, follow our page on Facebook and on Instagram. So that's another way to um, keep current with our news as well. So, 
Thank you again and happy reading.